Hello. This episode of Music in Mind is a conversation with the bassist, multi-instrumentalist, producer, composer, songwriter, Chris Thigpen. Chris and I have a conversation about what it means to be a musician during the COVID pandemic, what life as a producer is like, the gigging world, and other related topics to being a professional working musician today. But before we get to that, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please consider visiting my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind. Music in Mind. everybody. This is Chris Thigpen. He's a bassist, drummer, producer, uh, multi-instrumentalist, touring, gigging musician, plays in sort of all sorts of different realms of music from pit orchestras to pop music to R&B to jazz. So just a really impressive guy all around. <laughs> and uh, I was directed to him by Alma Cook, who yeah. was on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. And uh, she sent me some music that you two had recorded together. And uh, actually, what, it was the song Queen. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember listening to it, and the guitar part, I was like, is this played by a bass player? Because <laughs> like, the bass line comes out so strongly in that recording. I loved it, and it's oh. so clear. And I was like surprised that a guitar player would play like that. Yeah, that's what she told me. Uh, she was saying, because she had, she had told me about you as well uh -huh. a couple weeks ago, and she was saying like... Uh, that you had like the guitar voicings or whatever, because he's like, yeah, the bass movement is so funny. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't like, I don't actually uh, know how to play guitar. I'm basically just you playing. <laughs> well, I'm just playing like bass. Do. Yeah, I'm just playing bass on guitar, right? Basically, right. so yeah, it's it's a different kind of sound. But I guess I can like fool people into thinking I actually know how to play. Do you do you record on guitar a lot? Uh, probably more than I should. I wouldn't say a lot, but it happens. I mean, that's yeah. definitely not the only song that I am on guitar for. I don't, uh, I guess you would say I don't like professionally, yeah. you know, play or record guitar or anything, but sometimes like if I'm producing something, if, yeah. if, if it's like simple enough or I can fake it, like I'll end up, you know, <laughs> cool. doing it basically. So yeah, there's yeah. a couple songs that I'm on. Nice. Very cool. Um, so what what's recording been like? this year because like for for all musicians like this year has been insane yeah is it still um, going pretty strong would you say uh i don't know about how strong it's going mm -hmm. um it's definitely still going on it's one of the more active things that is happening right now with everything yeah. being shut down um so yeah people it, it probably is like to a high degree because a lot of people are focusing on producing Right. And putting out albums and uh or more so like making albums and making records and whatnot. So recording is still pretty going on. I know some studios are still, you know, open basically. So I've yeah, I've done quite a few things actually myself and I know other people who have been doing a couple of things. So yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Recording is like still pretty good nice. um, at the time. Is that like the main thing you're you're working on at the moment? Or do you have a lot of do you have live gigs going on? I have done like maybe three or four live gigs since this whole situation started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly for me, honestly, it's been producing. Uh -huh. um, I produced before, but I kind of recently um, just kind of all of a sudden like really got into it a uh -huh. couple months ago. So, sorry. No, no, no. I just recently got into it a couple months ago. And uh, that's really what I've been mainly doing. Uh, uh huh. 
you know, kind of just, you know, here at the crib, like, you know, trying to figure stuff out and working with artists, trying to, you know, make their song come alive, basically. And yeah. also just kind of working on, I guess, some stuff for me as well. Uh, but yeah, mostly producing for me at the moment. Do you, do you see that as kind of the main role of a producer? I feel like a producer is this word in music that can kind of mean a lot of different things. Yes. And I feel like I've never fully pinned down what it means. But partially that's because I haven't quite been in the, in the recording world in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what, what does it mean for you to, to be a producer? So for me, uh, yeah, no, you're definitely right. Producer is probably, it might be the most like multi-meaning word yeah. now as far as an industry is concerned. I've always, so I'm, me personally, I'm old school. I'm a young guy, but I've always been like very, <laughs> you know, into old school music and like how they did it back in the day. So producer for me has always meant like a Quincy Jones type of vibe, uh-huh. basically. Like he is, you know, kind of what the word says, like right. you produce the music you produce a song right um producing an artist basically and you know depending on the level of the artist's talent and knowledge and whatnot it's like you know a lot of times like for me a lot of times a lot of singers um they'll have an idea basically they'll be like hey i have this idea in my head i have like a sound maybe i have some lyrics or whatever i have a melody maybe um and they're just kind of like, but they don't really know a whole lot about music or they can't play instruments. So they need somebody else to basically produce this idea that they have, um, you know. So people like Alma, she's much more advanced and musically inclined. So she gives me like, she gives me way more to work with. Um, she's great. Uh, yeah. She's like my favorite to work with, honestly. You, but, I mean, um, you're pretty advanced. Huh? You're pretty advanced. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know what I'm doing and whatnot. But as far as like from an artist, like, yeah. like Alma, um, you know, every artist that comes to you isn't going to have ideas that are as formulated. Ah, as I see. Does, I see what you mean. Basically, yeah. so like mm-hmm. sometimes I've gotten just like you know somebody was singing on an iPhone, just like here's the melody, basically, and then be like, I kind of wanted to sound like you know whatever right. kind of reference they give me just kind of make that a song yep uh somebody give you something and it'd be like oh i want it reggae or i want it you know pop or whatever kind of things like that um but for me i've always seen producer as yeah taking an idea and making it a song basically i see um I- adding the layers to it adding the instrumentation the arrangements mm-hmm. you know hits stops little things like that um you know, just to get across their idea the way that they're trying to get it across, yeah. basically. Because you also have, um, you know, you have people who are just kind of like, and I, I mean, I do that too, just, you know, making tracks or making beats and whatnot. So yeah, they still produce as well. But for me personally, uh, my most like frequent way of doing it is, yeah, the artist has an idea and you take that idea and produce it into a song, basically. Yeah, yeah I, I like that idea that it's kind of, sort of an omni role it isn't specifically a composer and it isn't it could be i mean it involves composing and involves arranging Mm -hmm. it isn't specifically a recording engineer but it probably involves a lot of things like that and and being a performer and kind of existing at this sort of omni level of the creation of the music rather than a particular yeah with the rise of like like with all the new technology that's going on like it's like super easy now for everybody to kind of do everything back in the day things were very much separated like if you were the producer you weren't you know mixing or you weren't the engineer you weren't doing this and 
you know, you had a guy that was doing that. Everybody's basically in the studio, like working this stuff out where now, you know, you got people who are, you know, they produce, they engineer, they mix and, and the whole nine, like yep. play on everything. You know, I'm, I definitely am not versed in the engineering world. Uh -huh. at all like i have you know people that i go to for that who's much smarter so i just kind of like tell them like hey do this like i want it to sound this way <laughs> man mixing is hard i'm so yeah. bad at it every I have, time i try i just like i hate this yeah i barely even try <laughs> i just try to adjust the levels to the point where it's like okay i can hear stuff like that's yeah. fine and then yeah. just make somebody else like hey make this sound like it's supposed to sound yeah i mean i mean that that's that's what you have to do actually i was talking with alma about that on our, our podcast also is an important piece of sort of building your career is knowing when to start to distribute jobs mm -hmm. and not try and take on everything. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I think that I am um, one of my best like uh, skills or attributes or whatever is just um, knowing, you know, when I need to not do something right. and I have no problem like delegating and finding somebody yeah. and, uh, luckily, I just happen to know like a bunch of great people. So whatever it is that's needed, I definitely know somebody who yeah. will, you know, definitely come through and get what needs to be done like the right way, basically. So that's always been something that I've been very proud of, just having that access to people. Really yeah, for it's a, it's important. I'm I'm terrible at it. I try and do everything myself. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it, it's interesting with you since you kind of have that multi-instrumentalist thing, since you record and play professionally on bass and drums and guitar and it seems like keys maybe a little too. Mm, it's kind of the same thing with uh, guitar. Like I don't okay. really know how to play. I'm just kind yeah. of like... BSing a little bit, kind of manipulating <laughs> the instrument to, you know, make it seem like I know how to play or Yeah. But 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 you're still you're taking on those roles and you're you're comfortable and proficient enough to be able to say, Yeah, I can do drums, yeah, I can do bass, sure, I can do guitar or something like that. Uh bass and drums I can definitely do. Okay. Guitar and piano it has to be very simple uh -huh. like very simple because i like i will tell you first like i i do not know how to play guitar <laughs> or piano i i know piano players i know guitar players, sure of course and, and not even a little bit can i do that yeah so it depends on the difficulty of the track yeah, um of course you know much more simple one yeah if i can do it myself obviously i'm gonna try to keep that in house but uh, some of, a lot of the stuff that i do at least at the current moment sometimes it requires a lot of a more you know, advanced musicians than I'm able to be on those instruments. And especially since, like, me as a musician and a producer, I know what I want it to sound like. Right. But I also know, like, I can't achieve that, <laughs> basically. Sure. So that's when I have to, like, you know, um, branch out and yeah. hire out people right, to right. play guitar and piano. Yeah. Well, do, do you feel like being a bass player helps you to be able to take on those roles, though? Because I, I feel like the bass exists in an interesting place in music because it, it serves uh, rhythmic and harmonic functions conceptually. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're playing on a fretboard and you're playing lines, there's also an inherent melody in there. So it exists in sort of the space of all three. Mm -hmm. and so branching into those areas might be easier. Yeah, I, I've, ever, I've never thought about it that way as far as like being able to play you know, either instrument better, but absolutely. Like for bass, so so many basses are actually, especially from, I'm from Chicago, uh -huh. and so many basses from Chicago are actually drummers first, which was my story okay. as well. Cool. Like we play, I played drums since I was like two. Uh -huh. I just started playing bass tiles around 16. 
Hmm. And uh, that's a very common thing that like so many bass players are like, oh, like I was a drummer first, and then I switched <laughs> over to bass. What? Um, why is that? Why do you? Why do you think? This combination of so especially in Chicago, like everybody is a drummer. Everybody wants to uh-huh. be a drummer, and there's so many incredible drummers. Uh-huh. Um, so. Yeah, I think some of it is a little bit of it is like the competition or whatever, just kind of like everybody is trying to play drums, so there's not always enough room for people to be a drummer or to, you know, get drum gigs or to even just, you know, be able to play, whether they're growing up or in church or just out and about. And uh, obviously drummers have such a close-knit relationship with bass. Right, of course. So I think it probably just makes sense that it would be the next thing you would gravitate to. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you're playing drums, you're always like interacting with the bass player. So I guess if you were going to play something else, I, it would happen to be bass. Because bass and drums are, I mean, obviously the two separate instruments, but I've always seen it as this kind of like one instrument. Yep. Like me actually, as a bass I see it with player, guitar too. Yeah, guitar is actually, I don't know how to play it, but it's actually my favorite instrument. Wait, really? That's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst I, instrument. Oh, I love guitar. <laughs> I think it can do... It's funny. All the instruments I can't play are pretty much my favorite instruments. I feel like, the same. Guitar is my favorite. Then piano is my second favorite. Yeah, bass and drums for me. Yeah, piano too. And I, I hate and guitar. bass and drums are cool, but yeah, guitar. <laughs> if I could play guitar and piano, I would definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm trying to learn, so it's kind of harder as an adult to try to like start from scratch and like learn an instrument, but. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I I was uh, in college. I was like, I'm gonna learn bassoon, mm-hmm. and I was really really bad at it. And I did like two and a half years of lessons, and I gave up because uh, I was already good at guitar. And mm-hmm. it's that thing where you you have to be bad. You have to really exactly. suck for a while and not resist it too much. Like you have to just let yourself be bad for like five years. Yeah, it seems so <laughs> mundane. I'm just sitting here just going through these scales. You know, I can't even like. I play way, way more than scales, like very yep. easily on, <laughs> on bass. And now I'm on the other two instruments trying to like sit here, literally can't even play like a D scale, like, you know, within like 10 seconds. So but the just, guitar at least is conceptually very similar. Yeah, the guitar is going to be, I wouldn't say significantly. I'm I'm further along on guitar than I am on piano because, uh-huh. you know, they're so closely related to bass and whatnot, fretboard and whatnot. It's just yep. those two strings. And trying to incorporate those two strings is like, and oh then my the God. tuning is different again. Yeah, it's like, like oh. why are you guys here? Like, why couldn't it just be the same thing as the bass, but just higher? But there's a law of it, and I haven't, you know, learned the law yet. The so law. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, I mean, that's what my father taught me. Like, there's a, um, music is you know language and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Each instrument is just a tool, right? Basically, to be able to just a way yep. to kind of communicate that language. So. A tool, it has limits. It has a structure, basically. So each instrument has a law to it. And like once mm. you learn the law of the instrument, so like I already know music. Right. And you know, we know music. So if we know music, we understand that. If you learn the law of an instrument, then you can take music and you can, you know, express it understanding that law. Uh-huh. So I understand the law of the bass, I understand the law of the drums. I'm okay. starting to begin to like try to learn the law of piano and guitar. And so really anything that I am doing on instruments like piano and guitar is really more of an understanding of music, not an understanding of right. those instruments. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's the piano and the guitar. It just seems so <laughs> massive and it seems like this like huge undertaking that you'd never be able to like accomplish basically. I think piano for sure. 
I think I, I see guitar as also part of the drums, just like you were talking about the bass and that connection. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's the cliche that like the kick drum and the bass are, are inherently connected. Mm -hmm. But I sort of see the bass as being sort of the pitched harmonic world of the kick drum that can extend it. And the mm -hmm. guitar is like the pitched harmonic world of the snare that can extend it. Mm. Yeah, no, guitar and snare is definitely correlated. Right, because the boom chick. So the bass is the boom and the guitar is the chick. Mm -hmm. And it's just that it, it's like that simple, but like and then expanding it as far as you want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good. Yeah, I would probably understand that more if I played guitar or pay attention to it more. But absolutely. The guitar but is absolutely the chick. Even even your 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 recording on on uh, on Queen, the, mm -hmm. the the way you're doing it, I feel like you're you're treating the guitar like a bass and a drum and a drum set or something like that because you even have that 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 like slap guitar thing going on mm -hmm. yeah because whenever i'm you know you hear i guess me i hear the whole the whole band right in my head so then when you're just one instrument i guess you're trying to like somehow accomplish a whole band basically being there so yeah trying to provide rhythm and the chord structure and the bass of it so yeah absolutely yeah. Well, like Segovia, the the like famous classical guitar player, always said the guitar is just the whole orchestra in your hands. Mm -hmm. And so for him, he was conceptualizing it like an orchestra. But he was like, you have the violins and the flutes, and then you have the basses and cellos and violas. Yeah, but that's the thing about guitar. That's why it's my favorite. I think the guitar is the only instrument that can literally do everything. Like, you know, but, bass. But guitar bass players are the worst musicians of all time. Uh, a good guitar player is the best musician. I <laughs> think about how many bad guitar players a, you've worked with. Come yeah, on, yeah, but I just kind of don't consider. I'm a bit of a, uh, I don't know what to like. Uh, what's it called? It's like a, a PG show or a what? Your show is it like a PG show. I don't oh, know how you feel no, about say like whatever you want. Whatnot. Yeah, I'm a bit of an asshole. <laughs> and especially when it comes to things like music, I take it very, very seriously. Yeah. And, you know, there are people who, I guess it's the difference between a musician and somebody who plays an instrument. Right. Like, to me, there's a difference. So just because, like, you pick up a, a guitar or you pick up a drum or whatever, and you just kind of like do things, or you can, you know, do this in here. Like, okay, like, yeah, you play the guitar, but I right. wouldn't necessarily call you a musician if you don't mm -hmm. actually like understand music. So, anybody who's a musician who is playing guitar, I mean, they're some of the best, you know, musicians, sure. I, would, I would argue. Obviously, that's not majority of guitar <laughs> players because guitar is such a, you know, mainstream instrument for people to just pick up and just yeah. kind of start doing whatever. And that's great. But um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit of a purist or whatever you want to call it in that kind of way. But like you, you've been on the pit orchestra scene, mm -hmm. right? Like you toured with the Color Purple, right? Mm -hmm. That first of all, that's awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> but like when I do pit orchestra gigs and stuff, I feel like, especially on a good gig, like wind players are usually solid and like their reading is there, and like keys players are usually really good. And I feel like guitar players, even on pretty high-paying gigs, can be really iffy. Really? Huh. Maybe not. I mean, May when, <laughs> no, I mean, it's... I know I mean, a lot of have, really good guitar any players musician, also. Well, yeah. I mean, any instrument can have some whiffy players on a yeah. high-level gig. I mean, it definitely happens. It's the industry. I don't know so much about, like, pit musicians as far mm -hmm. as, like, 
the image aspect, but definitely like in the pop world, like image is such a huge thing. So you absolutely will sometimes will have, you know, not up to par players having, you know, really great high paying gigs and whatnot. As far as pit musicians, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I've definitely come across when we were tour, we had to pick up um, different right. musicians sometimes in, in the city. And we definitely dealt with our fair share of uh, questionable guitar players. <laughs> it wasn't on that tour because uh-huh. that particular tour, the guitar player always traveled with us. Mm-hmm. But there was a tour I did previously, and we ran into some, we had to hire a guitar too, because it was two guitars for that show. And there were some questionable guitar players on that tour. Yeah. But it happens on every instrument, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just got to suck it up and just mm-hmm. go through those, you know, performances as best as you can. But also, you get the, uh, you have the Avions. So yeah. So you have like yeah, your own mix or whatever. So, you know, if it's that bad, sometimes you just kind of <laughs> turn them down. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to listen to that. Yep. Cool. Do you, do you like pit work? I love it. Yeah. Um, I love it. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. I, I've been very like blessed or lucky in the sense of like the I guess the kind of work that I've done. Uh for some reason I just I just like everything. Either there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of players who are like, Oh yeah, I do this, it's work, but you know, I don't really like playing that kind of music. I don't really like doing that kind of gig. For me, I don't know what it is, it doesn't matter. Like everything that I've tried for some reason I've really liked it, whether it's studio work Live work, tour work, pit work, uh, weddings. But that's how you bands. get gigs, and that's how you get good. Yeah, you I just, just play. I with, love it yeah. all. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the, my favorite things about pit work is, um, for pit musicians, you get to just play music. Uh huh. You don't have to really worry about stage presence and looking a certain way and, and dressing a certain yeah. way or you know, dancing a certain way and all of these kind of things. Like you just like, here's the music. I'm going to play it. You got yep. And it's, it's like a challenge. I love reading. Mm-hmm. Um, reading is actually like one of my favorite things to do as far as like music is concerned. If it's, if it's a reading gig, I'm like, I'm pumped. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, Cause it's like a challenge. Yeah. And that's like one of the kind of like, I don't know for me, it's like one of the only times you can like fail at like playing music. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love to read, and uh, you get to do that as a pit musician, obviously. That's and true. It's just the music. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite types of work, absolutely. Well, so you did the the tour for The Color Purple. Have you done mm-hmm. other big tours? Yeah, I toured with uh, Motown the Musical. Oh, cool. That was incredible. Uh, I mean, as a bass player. I mean, you get, to, yeah. <laughs> you get to play Motown music, like, you know, what, eight times a week? Yeah. It's insane. Um, I was literally like on cloud nine. That was the, that How was my was favorite tour I've done. So that, that tour actually went on for a while, but I actually ended up catching the last half of it. So I only did it for about four or five months. That's um, perfect. Yeah. But oh, it was, I would have liked to have done it longer, honestly. Okay. Um, cause I actually played it in Chicago mm. before a tour. I was uh, the sub. Okay. Bass player. One of the the main guy who was doing it was uh, my mentor Chuck Webb. One of my mentors. Okay. He's incredible. Just legend. Chicago. Uh, he was one of my mentors. He taught me so much. Gave me so many opportunities. Honestly, it was him kind of the reason why I ended up on that tour in the first place. Or that's always um, how it works. It's it's some connection like that. Yeah, right. absolutely. So he was doing Motown the musical when it was in Chicago, 
And whenever he wasn't able to do it, he would have me sub for him. That's great. And so that's how I kind of got in with that circle. Um, yeah, it, I love this. It. Incredible. You get to play great music with great musicians. Uh, yeah, I I could have played that show for quite a long time. Wow. And that, like I mean, not, that's not that's special. A lot of shows, I feel like at least for me, the idea of doing like two years is pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done. I've done a year of one show, uh-huh. and the, so the Motown and the Color Purple, uh, they were like right after each other. I okay. think I had like two weeks maybe or something like that, a break <laughs> in between. So literally for like a year and a half, um, I was on tour. And yeah, so I've definitely done it. it. It can be rough. It depends on the music you're playing. It depends a lot of you know your bandmates, your castmates, right. and all of that kind of stuff. That has a huge part to do with uh, how much fun or difficult it's going to be. Uh, I've been very, very, very lucky in both of those instances, I think. Uh, uh-huh. I've had some great people around me. And, um, yeah, Motown, that was probably my favorite tour that I've done so far. I remember the last show, I was legit, like, crying. Uh-oh. Like, legit, like, legit crying during the show. Like, playing. Was it amazing, literally though? crying. Huh? Was it amazing? Sometimes those final shows of runs where like you're you're so emotional about it, mm-hmm. like everybody's like kicked up to. Uh yeah, we kind of kept our cool. I don't yeah. think anybody was like you, you. You do it so many times. I think they had done of the course. show probably four hundred times at that, <laughs> by that point. I had probably done it, you know, over a hundred times. Yeah. Um, so it it gets locked in, honestly. <laughs> and sometimes you got to be careful with that. The the conductor and the music director of that show. Um, Daryl Archibald, and he is—he's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's—he's he's really done a lot for me. Daryl Archibald, and yeah, he's giving me I like you probably—you might know him because he's—yeah, he's really big in like that community. But uh, he's the one that called me. Okay. Uh, for both of the tours, and you know, he's just—he's great. He's hilarious, but he's—he's uh, he's tough. You know, what I'm saying he's uh-huh. gonna be on you. So I've grown like so much just you know being able to be under him and be around him. Yeah, that's I'm very great. grateful for him. A but, good uh, a good music director makes makes everything. Yeah, and I, he's incredible. He has he had the command that he has like over the entire situation is is something incredible to watch. Like that, I've that's what you want. That. Yeah, and then you can look to them if something's going wrong, and, yeah. <laughs> and and he will look at you if you do something. But actually, I think that's better. Like, it's a thing that as I've matured as a musician, like when I was first, when I was like 19 in my first pit orchestra gig playing like Evita or something, every mm-hmm. time I'd make a mistake, I'd try and like hide. And I feel like now, I like if I make a mistake, I look dead at the director. And it's like, <laughs> if I need help and they're available, like, it's like, I need to own what I did mm-hmm. and then allow the fact that I'm in an ensemble situation to help me get out of it. Yeah, as a bass player, that's one of the probably one of the worst things. If if you as a bass player, if you make a mistake, <laughs> you cannot hide. Look, every single person in that entire situation knows that yeah. it was you. They know. So then get out. So do what you need to do to fix it. <laughs> yeah. And he Daryl, he'll give you that death stare. It's, it's it it keeps you honest and it keeps you on your toes. Oh man. yeah. That death stare is nothing to mess with. That's great. Yeah. Man. That's cool. I, I I miss pit orchestras. They haven't like, yeah. existed in. I miss it a lot. I was actually supposed to play, um, a show at the Dolby Theater, mm-hmm. and you know, COVID hit, and it was like, yeah, we're not going to do that show anymore. Yep. 
That was extremely unfortunate. I was very excited about that. Man, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. I was in the middle of a run of um, Sister Act. And oh, were you really? Yep. That one got. Oh, so we probably know like a lot of the same people. Yeah, yeah, probably. But uh, cool. So, uh, so that's like the pit world. What about what about the pop music world? Because that's actually not one that I I know about. I have friends mm-hmm. who have been involved in it, but I it's never something I've. Uh, found my way into yeah it is drastically different uh-huh. um you know everything has its pros and cons so I, I i can't say like which one is better or worse but it is it is absolutely it's a different world um it's actually the world that i was uh kind of started out in uh-huh. like more so doing like gospel things in chicago and whatnot you know looking for the pop world basically and it's super huge here in los angeles right. obviously um, yeah, it's a lot of, they're both word of mouth, but the pop board is even way more like word of mouth, uh-huh. kind of just waiting on a call, you know, from whoever it is. It can be all kinds of different things. It can be yeah, studio, live work, um, producing shows, tours, bars, clubs. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's funny. They're all small. Like it seems vast but like the industry is like so small like you get in and you kind of just know everybody yeah um everybody knows each other and <laughs> you know yeah it's it's a grind it is absolutely a grind it is absolutely a hustle but if you do what you're supposed to do and you actually end up getting in you know the way you want to get it's it's very rewarding it's uh-huh. extremely rewarding and it's the, a lot of fun the touring verse in, in a pit orchestra setting versus like a big pop tour mm-hmm. i would imagine that the just the the grind of touring feels different, even. Yeah, it's much more strenuous on a pop tour. Yeah. Basically. I've actually... I'm trying to think. I haven't really done, like, a, a big pop tour yet. Okay. So the but, stuff uh, with Megan Trainer that wasn't, like, a full tour. I, I haven't done a full tour with her I yet. See. It's been spot dates, mostly. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. But that type of travel is much more... Because with shows, especially if you're doing uh, like theater shows and pit shows and whatnot, you're going to be in the city for at least a week mm-hmm. if you're doing a union show. Um, it can be up to, you know, three, four months. Sometimes right. you sit in the place, basically. So you, you get to wherever you get to, you get in a hotel and like you are there for yeah. at least a week. So that is, you know, that's a lot less... Uh, traveling, a lot less places to be. You only have to work like what four hours a day. You have the whole day, and then you work. From, oh, that's like, awesome! Seven. You get to learn like new cities and stuff. Yeah, no, it's incredible. You can explore all kinds of things. Versus a pop tour, where you're going to be on a tour bus or a plane, yep. and you're going to be in like literally three different cities in a week. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you might not even get in a hotel. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's in the tour bus, you get to a place, you do the show, you have to get back on the tour bus. Yep. So it, it is a lot more it's a lot faster and uh a lot more travel but they're shorter mm. generally mm-hmm. like an, that makes sense. an average pop tour is going to last around anywhere between like three to five months mm-hmm. um you know the big acts they're going to tour for a while like you know a year two years but that's like your beyonce's bruno mars thing things like that like legacy acts but uh 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 an average like pop tour is going to be somewhere between three and five months basically uh-huh. A lot shorter. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the 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 touring aspect. It's interesting how some musicians are really into it and like that 
the the travel and the being on the go and some musicians mm-hmm. are just very like home base oriented <laughs> yeah i think the older you get the um the less you want to tour that seems to be the general sure like line of how it goes basically when you're young you just want to be like oh man i want to travel i want to tour i want to be on planes and buses and stuff i remember when i was young um i just i couldn't wait Right. Until I could do a fly gig. I was like, man, when somebody flies me out, that's when I made it. I can't I can't wait to be on planes and stuff and traveling on planes. And somebody calls me to whatever. I couldn't wait. Like I just like and my father, he was a very professional yeah. musician. Super successful. And he was always like he was like, Yeah, okay, son. He was like, You'll <laughs> like, you'll see. You'll get tired of it. And I was like, No, I won't. Like, that's crazy. Like flying the that's crazy. You get to fly to a place and do a gig and everything. <laughs> And so obviously now, like I do that, and done it for a couple, you know, some time now. And it, it is funny because it does kind of get to the point sometimes now where it's like, can we just do this here, guys? Like, can, can we, we just do this? Here? Can we just do this here? Do we have yeah. to fly? Do we have to go places? So, well, I guess the answer now is yes, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we have to do it here now. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, so so you started in Chicago. You were saying, did you study music there? Yeah, I went to college in Chicago. I uh, so I started playing bass when I was sixteen in high school. That's pretty much when I started sixteen. Really, okay. really taking music seriously. Yeah, same. I it was about drums. that same time where I kind of like focused. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, I think some of us just like fell in love with the bass. Like, I super fell in love with the bass. Mm-hmm. Like when I started playing bass, everything else stopped. I used to be an athlete, you know. And I stopped playing all sports. I quit sports. Yep. I, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of hanging out. I, you know, wasn't moving, exercising, wow. anything. All, all I cared about was bass. What about like, bands was, and stuff? Um, I mean, when you first start out, you're just learning. So you're not really going to be in a band like that. I started working <laughs> pretty soon. I started working at a church, I think, like, within my second year cool. of playing bass. And then, um, yeah, started joining, you know, the high school bands right. as far as, like, band and yeah were you like an orchestra and stuff like that yeah absolutely but um yeah it it took over my entire life i just super fell in love with that instrument and i guess i guess it happened at a time where i was mature enough to actually take something seriously Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all i cared about like i'd wake up go to school be mad that i wasn't (laughs) playing bass i was like why am i here at school this is ridiculous and that's great i I dropped out of high school uh, oh really 16 and i just stayed home and played uh guitar all the time it was wow it was, a, it was a very similar thing i was just like what am i doing i just want to play guitar wow how do you feel about that now well it's fine i mean like i've gone to graduate school now so it mm-hmm. doesn't matter but oh nice yes <laughs> oh man that's cool that's a good story yeah but it, it, it's 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 a similar i it was around 16 and it like clicked i don't know if it was a maturity thing or like when you're 16, you have this ability to like obsess, obsessively focus on something, mm-hmm. which I actually feel like I don't have as strong anymore. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's, a, it's another reason it would be really hard for me to pick up a whole new like instrument. Yeah, no, it's excruciating because not only the not only the aspect as far as like okay, you haven't you have to do something you suck at. You haven't sucked at something in a very long time. Right. Yeah, you but suck also, at everything at 16. <laughs> yeah, and also you don't have other responsibilities. Right. So. You know, people told me in college and high school all the time, like, you know, practice, 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 because you're never going to have the time again. Right. Like, I remember when I was in college is like when I really kicked it up a gear, especially in the summer. 
in the summer of college, I was practicing at least like, you know, five, six hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just like practice, not just like not right. having fun or, yep. or gigging or working on rehearsing and that, that just literally practicing. Yep. And now like that's, that's not even a possibility. Right. Maybe during COVID, but still like you got bills, you got to work, you got to, you know, so even like finding time to practice these instruments that I'm trying to learn is, it seems like this huge impedance. Yep. In my day, um, but <laughs> well, I'm, that's I'm the thing is like I out. feel like it's it, it's not exactly that you won't have time, but you won't make time anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like it you lose some some kind of drive to practice. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's more so kind of balancing. Right, like you have to work. Yeah, like that's why I'm like producing right now, so mm-hmm. I have to spend time producing these it, tracks. At least that work is practice that feeds in, because at least you're thinking music, you're hearing. But it's not really helping me with not being able to play, you know, piano or guitar. Well, right, sure. So yeah, like trying to is that is that, that where you're going? You're gonna like I have to figure out how to become like a concert pianist. Uh, not concert pianist. I want to be able to. I, I want to be able to not hire out for uh-huh. piano and guitar. Basically, if I learn to play piano or guitar, honestly, like. One, my producing will just become increasingly better. Right. And that's something that's important to me. But, um, yeah, to not hire out, I'd be able to do things so much faster, so much quicker, more efficient, and make more money. <laughs> and and of course. save more money. So that doesn't hurt. That, that's the whole issue with, like, a solo act versus a duo and a trio. And as you mm-hmm. add people, the money starts going down and down and yeah, down. Yeah, absolutely. And the hassle starts going up. and like yeah. Hundred percent. It's a very the industry is such a weird like graph of correlation and how things work. It's very interesting. It's really weird because for me, music is about personal connection with people. That's like the basis of it. Is that it's like what you're talking about about music as a language. Like I wanna feel like I'm connecting with people through music. So it's mm-hmm. I like practicing and I like playing, but if it's just for me, I, it starts to lose a little bit of magic. Mm. Um, so it's this interesting idea, like you're talking about wanting to be able to do it all yourself. And then especially with COVID adding in, so we're all just sitting at home all the time. <laughs> I feel like it, it, it really like bums me out because I feel like the, the musical connection side is slipping away. And then also, I, I don't know if you, if you have any thoughts on this, but do you feel like people are listening to music a whole lot? At the current moment? Yeah. Hmm. Honestly, I don't. The part of me says I kind of wouldn't know. Uh-huh. I feel like they are. I listen to music all the time to the right. point where I don't even realize I'm listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a thing that I do. Yeah. And you know, some people say that it's probably not super healthy or whatever. I, I wake up and turn on music. There's, you know, if I'm not doing something or something else is going on, like I'm listening to music basically. Mm-hmm. As far as other people. I feel like they are, because um, I think I think music is just a thing that's you know just so embedded in people's daily lives anyway. Right. So I don't think that it's not. I don't know. I would feel like it hasn't really changed since COVID has happened. Sure. Yeah. Maybe not. I feel like it's been a long trajectory. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this issue that music is everywhere, and we have access to as much music as we want all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And so that sort of devalues what music is in people's lives. Yeah, I Versus agree if you go back that. to like 1700s, like going to a concert is a big deal. There's no recordings, there's no nothing. And then that trajectory over time of music being everywhere to like you buy these albums and they're these special things. And this is your collection of albums and this is the music you know and engage with. To now, like every store you go into is just blasting music at you. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I think as soon as you add like a whole bunch of stuff to anything, whatever it is, gets devalued, basically. It's kind of like social media, dating apps and whatnot, all kind of things like that. Just so much (laughs) opportunity. It's it's hard to... Yeah, it super devalues it. I don't think it stopped people from or listening to music or brought that down, but probably their ability to appreciate Mm -hmm. actual music. I mean, how can you appreciate like a body of work? I mean, we don't even appreciate bodies of work anymore. Yeah. Albums are almost not even a thing. Yep. Um... Where back in the day, it was a huge thing, but you had time to actually focus and learn and absorb that music, that information, that that yep. situation, versus now an artist releases a song and then they got a whole nother song out, you know, yep. just that artist. But they're competing with, you know, 15 other artists that are also just coming out with stuff like all the time. It's true. So, yeah, no, D, I think that it has devalued the music, which has actually kind of, in my opinion, kind of lowered the quality of music as well, because in a lot of, you know, your music is music, but <laughs> industry is industry. Uh-huh. So you have people that are, you know, they have to put music out in order to make money or appease, yeah. you know, fans and listeners and whatnot. So obviously that's kind of where fans and listeners are. So they kind of have to cater to that to a certain degree. Yeah. It's just weird. I feel like it's a, like a breakdown in a relationship maybe. Mm hmm. Because, like, when Led Zeppelin puts out an album in 1968 or something like that, and then their fans all go and buy that album, there's sort of, like, a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's still true to an extent. Like, when Kanye puts out a new album, there are fans that are listening to it. I I don't know. I feel like I I can't quite (laughs) put my finger on it, but I think that there there is not as much of a relationship with fans amongst each other and then like that triangular relationship with the artist where like yeah, not over with to the your music. friends yeah Sorry. not with the music i think that uh some of that relationship has gotten replaced with social media yeah so it's become you know more about the person like people might not know so much about yeah like people aren't paying nearly as much attention to kanye west's music right as they did when it was like you know college dropout late registration graduation versus yep. whatever it is now but they're much more aware of Kanye West and right. everything that he's got going on and, you know, what he's doing and the Sunday service and Kim and the Kardashians <laughs> right. and everything. So, yeah, yeah it, it kind of shifted. The relationship kind of, I guess you could say the relationship kind of shifted for a lot of people away from music and more so about the person. Right. So then what are we doing? I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I kind of mind my business to a yeah. certain degree. Like, I love music. I got into music for purely musical reasons uh-huh. it it just became apparent and a possibility that like okay I, there's this thing that i love mm-hmm. and you're telling me that i can pay my bill right. with it I said, okay I'll, I'll do that yeah <laughs> like of that's course. fine so you know it's it's a work so as soon as it's your job it's not always going to be fun but at the end of the day like i play music right like about a little less than a year ago i started just I don't know. Just became became really really grateful 
uh, to be a musician. And I was always grateful, but it really like vamped up uh-huh. over the past like two years or so. Like I paid my bills with music. Yeah. Like I told somebody, I was like, I literally it's somebody else. I was just talking to them. They were just saying how things were kind of, you know, difficult or rough or it's not fun and whatnot. And I was like, well, it's work. Like it's not always gonna be fun. But you have to think about this. We literally get paid money to do something that we pretended to do and imagined doing yep. before we even understood <laughs> before we understood yeah. the concept of currency. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Like when You're I was getting paid to old, play, literally. Yeah, to pl- it's called I did this playing. When I was two years, it, it, right? It's called playing. <laughs> yeah, like when I was two years old, like that's what I did with my time. I like woke up and would put on like a videotape and just get all my play drum sets and <laughs> play guitars man. and stuff, set up in the living room and just do that. Yep, like that was like fun. I had no concept of money or bills or currency, anything. It's just like this is fun and I'm gonna do it. And you're yep. telling me now that I'm like an adult. Like somebody literally pays me money. Yep. Like that's that's insane. Somebody calls you and like, hey, remember that thing you did when you were two? Yeah, you want to do that for money? I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do that. That's amazing. That's yeah. true. That's a really it's a really good way of putting it. I like that a lot. Cool. Well, uh, do you want to play a little bit? Oh yeah, sure. Um, Have, uh, I guess I put this little. Just found a loop and just kind of put it in the back. Oh, sweet. Um, so I guess I just... I was actually thinking it might be fun. I was going to go and grab my banjo. So what's the delay like on these kind of situations? Uh, it's terrible. Oh, well then <laughs> that might make it a little bit more it, I mean, it, it depends. I guess the, the question is how, how far out do you like playing? Cause, uh, as far as oh like <laughs> like out yeah, yeah 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 I'm not gonna lie I'm not really a super out guy right I've always been more of a uh, I guess you could say sort of simple uh-huh. in a way but yeah I've, I've never really been one to be like a super out guy I'm not really huge into avant garde and yeah things like okay. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, I won't subject you to that then. But uh, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> but I mean, go. we we can try something because it sometimes the delay kind of creates cool rhythmic things in and of itself. And if it doesn't work, we can we can scrap it. Oh, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I'd be down, and then we'll we'll see how it goes. Cool. You want to try that okay. first? Yeah, uh, yeah. L- let me go grab uh, my uh, instrument. I'll be right back. So th- this instrument is, is interesting. It's from what we were talking about, about learning a new instrument as an adult. Because mm. uh, I was always a guitar player, but uh, I got called like four times last year to play the show Bright Star. Do you know oh, that nice. show? Uh, no, I don't actually. I'm not familiar. It's a, it, it's a musical that Steve Martin wrote. <coughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like an intense banjo part. It calls for two different banjos. And I got called like an emergency call two weeks before, which would normally be fine. But like I, they're like, okay, it's banjo, and I was like, uh, okay, say yes and learn it. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> it was like I could get fired. Play. This could or go you bad. Get prepared basically. <laughs> How'd it go? It was good. I learned how to play. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun. It's it, it's it's kind of what we were talking about with the bass. What I like about it is it has the rhythm all mixed in with the style because it's boom chicka boom chicka boom. Right. 
So yeah, if, if I could just set something up like that, and then if you just play over it, the rhythm will be kind of weird, but it'll be kind of cool, as long as something is steady, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like your drum loop or the, the banjo or whatever. Yeah, I could just probably just go off of you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the sound you were imagining, but oh no, I mean, I try to be versatile, so yeah. just try to get in whatever you can. Yeah. Well, let's try it. It's good because because we're just meeting for the first time, and so like communicating <laughs> yeah, awesome and trying too. to communicate with music. We'll see That's what right. happens. All right. What do you think? How, how did it feel on your end? Uh, I mean, it was fine for me, but I was just going off of your loop. So right, right, exactly. For me, it sounded fine. <laughs> I'm not sure how it sounded over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I will, we'll, we'll find out when, when I listen back and everything. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's always hard to know with Zoom, but uh, yeah, yeah. Have they you tried any uh, like, like virtual music things? Uh, One more time. Have you tried any telematic music programs for performing online or anything like that? Meaning. Like there's like some low latency programs so that you can perform in real time with. Oh, no, I haven't. I saw a video that Christian McBride had put up about, he said he found something where <laughs> something was like low latency where he could like jam with jazz musicians or whatever. But no, I haven't tried okay. anything. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty neat. A, a lot of them are really hard to use because uh, mm. they're like, there's some professors at UC San Diego and stuff have built these low latency programs. But most of them you have to open up at your terminal and like enter text commands to even run. They're not 
Yeah, see, that sounds very difficult. <laughs> they're not. They're not designed for uh, uh, non-tech people, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you no. Know, at that point, you probably just end up calling a friend or something. Yeah. Just have them come over and play. Uh, I've actually been able to play a little bit. They're doing some. Uh, it's a couple of jams that are actually open, like outside right now. So. Oh, cool! Like around yeah, LA. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a there's a growing movement of like um, also online music venues. I think there's a couple in Chicago, a couple studios in Chicago that have started. Mm -hmm creating kind of online music venues for artists to come in and play and then the audience. Yeah, people have gotten creative. You kind of have to in these times. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was something kind of cool. Like there's a lot of innovation that happened like during this time of COVID and everything. People yeah, that's true. Skills. Yeah, so that, that's been actually kind of cool. Yeah. <sighs> well. <laughs> that, that was fun. I don't know. Uh, so you say you, you don't go super avant-garde what uh what kind of stuff is your favorite to play what do you enjoy playing uh my favorite stuff to play is old school yeah like old school and you know old school funk 70s oh, cool. i love 80s music uh uh that's that's my like favorite kind of stuff to play uh -huh. and it can be like super simple stuff as well like fleetwood mac or um, yeah you have all those fleetwood mac uh uploads yeah, no, I, I love Fleetwood Mac. They're they're great. Like I did like it's a bass cover of like a dream. It was like an all bass cover. I I love simple songs like that as well. Um, one of my favorite things, honestly, to do on the bass is really just like those songs are just. Yeah, I could literally like just. Of course, I, I actually. Uh, I, I, I really like playing rhythm guitar parts for that reason. Yeah. It's like sitting in a musical texture and being part of it versus kind of sitting on top of it seems less fun to me. Yeah, absolutely. Being part of the sound world is... Yeah, I'm a bass player, so I'm in the back. I, I like to be in the background, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People don't really know know me or notice me or whatever. I'm just kind of just back here doing my thing. I love being in the cut. Those are some of my favorite songs to play. And I feel like 80s was like... Uh -huh. 80s is my favorite era of music because uh -huh. I feel like it was so diverse. Like everybody was killing <laughs> in the 80s. You got your funk, you yep. got your, you know, your R&B. Well, not so much R&B, but you have like your funk stuff, you have your pop stuff, you have like your rock stuff. Like it was so vast. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, uh, uh, Tears for Fears, yeah. Journey. Like it's it's so vast. Like everybody was killing. So yeah, I love the eighties. Like and there's this like all this infusion of all sorts of different kinds of music into the pop mm. sphere. Like I just did a uh, I, I wrote a paper about the history of reggae for this mm. website, and it's crazy how much influence reggae has had on all sorts of other kinds of music, and the link between reggae and punk music. And then how that moved into rock music, and then the other end, reggae and R and B, and it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so that's my favorite kind of stuff to play. Is uh, yeah, just kind of I wouldn't say necessarily always simple, but I I do like simple music. A yeah. Lot. Well, there's so much you can do with it, and it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The groove. The groove is the most important thing for me, especially on drums. Like I love playing like just a boom cat, like smoke on the water. <laughs> um oh man things like that like yeah those are like some of my favorite songs to play like i'm i am so happy to just be super <laughs> like you know blondie or whatever kind of things like that yeah. or you know 70s cool in the gang and 
you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that I grew that's up great. on. Basically, that's that's my favorite. Um, Al Green, Aretha Franklin. Like it's funny. Like all of my top five, or most of my top five. Like I've had like a top five dream gigs that uh-huh. I want to play. Most of them are like dead or like not <laughs> dead. So, yeah, have an old soul. Yeah. Well, have you played on any of those the the other? Uh, pit shows that are sort of based on that music like there's the Whitney Houston show there's no I haven't played Memphis, that one I, I pretty much know like a lot of those people that was on that show um, oh, the closest okay. that I think I did was uh, just uh, Motown and I played uh, I played Kiki Boots at the Pantages. oh nice I just played that so that's like, oh really yeah yeah it, that's actually a really fun show that's awesome um, it's a very fun show, you know, 70s, like kind of funk stuff. Like that. So I had a blast and we had a, we had a really cool band uh, for that show. The contractor, uh, Eric Heinle, he put a, he puts, he always put some nice bands together. But where, where was that you said? The Pantages. Here oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was, that was a lot of fun. Nice. I wish it was longer. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a fun yeah. one to play. But like getting to play with, uh, like I've subbed uh, for the Isley Brothers from time to time. So that's like, that's, that's incredible. That's like music that I grew up on that I yeah. never ever thought that I would have an opportunity to play. Wow. So yeah, no, I lose my mind every time. <laughs> You're like, what like, is going on here? Yeah, no, every time. I'm just so ecstatic to be there. I don't like, I don't care what happens. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it so much. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today. And playing oh, thanks a for having bit. me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope, it, hope it was cool. Is there anything, is there anything in particular that you, you wanted to mention? It's anything you're working on or where people can uh, find your stuff? So working on some music with Alma. Oh, cool. Obviously. Uh, working on some couple tracks with some other people as well. And then, yeah, just going to start trying to do some collabs and, you know, get more music out there, basically. Um, yeah, we was actually talking. She said it'd be like it'd be, we thought it'd be like a really cool idea um, if you wanted to actually have like both of us on yeah. at the same time to sort of just talk about like artist and producer relationship and like how that kind of thing works or whatever. That'd be so, great. I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, just working on that stuff really and kind of a little bit of waiting to see what's gonna happen with all this COVID stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ending. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's not over yet. Last time I, I looked outside, it looks pretty, you know, quarantined. It looks pretty covid out there. Yeah, it looks pretty covid out there, honestly. <laughs> but we'll see what happens, man. We're just trying to make it through. How's it been for you? Uh, it, it's been all right. I've been teaching and uh, recording. Came out with a uh, release a couple of months ago, and I'm working on another one probably nice. January. So. Yeah, people are pumping out music during this time. Yeah, yeah, everybody. <laughs> just. Mm-hmm. be one of the few or the many yeah but outside of that just uh it's going day by day man yep cool well you got an instagram where you got a lot of cool stuff <laughs> youtube right yeah i have instagram youtube i thought like there's not as much cool stuff on youtube because i feel like youtube kind of got like lost by the wayside for some yeah. people but i should probably put more stuff on there but there's there's some things on there yeah oh, this uh, will be on youtube so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Instagram at uh, Chris Digpin twenty five. Um, I think the YouTube is. I don't even remember. <laughs> if you look up, Chris you'll find it. Yeah, Bay, yeah, it'll definitely show up. Yeah. Um, Do you have a website or anything like that? Or? I don't. I need to get one so I can be like you know all professional and stuff. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a thing of the past. But. Uh, 
maybe I feel like as a producer, I need to get one more so. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, just trying to get myself out there, basically yeah. trying to you know get that thing to you know just be more consistent and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today. It was fun, and I'd love to do one with you and Alma. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love that. And yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on and reaching out, man. This has been yeah. really cool. Of course. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Chris Thigpen, look him up. Cool. I'll be good. Thanks for listening or watching, depending on whether you are watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast stream. Remember to check out Chris Thigpen's Instagram and other social media. And please like, leave a comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please consider visiting my Patreon page. Thanks. Bye.